0: Hello and welcome to Move the Line presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined here as always by my friends to talk about sides and totals and the best matchups here for the week 15 slates.
1: Joining me here as always, Connor Allen. Connor, what's going on, bud? Not a whole lot. Got back on track last week, was super close to having just like an insane bounce back week. A couple of things didn't break my way, but still feels good to be in the black after a couple of, uh, you know, rough weeks there. hashtag Trust the process on my end. You know, and I'm feeling good now, heading into this week.
0: And the Fedora is out as well for our boy Sharp Clark. Fedora is a uh, indicator of a uh, profitable week in the previous week. Clark's going on, bud.
2: Not much. I, I I made a stupid bet on Monday night. I, I I wanted to to bet the money line on the Titans, uh, and for stupid reasons, parlayed it with the Packers money line, and so I ended up losing money on a correct prediction of a 14.9 dog winning outright so that that was dumb good handicapping dumb betting uh, on my part that that i can i can work on but still still a great week
0: yeah it's the worst story it was a good uh yeah crazy crazy finish to that game uh interesting to see how that shapes up here we are through the buys we are into a uh, full slate season three of us are going to be here continuing through the playoffs to the super bowl every wednesday 4 p.m eastern on our four for four bets youtube channel You should be able to find the podcast in your feed on Wednesday evenings as well. Subscribe to both so you don't miss a show. Again, free content for us here at 444. Things like subscribing, thumbs up, comments, all those things go a long way in helping support the free content. And we appreciate it a lot. If you want to hang out with us and do some more props, that's Friday. uh, That is 3 p.m. Eastern here, uh, again, on the YouTube channel, 444 Bets, or in podcast feed. Uh, Again, come back and hang out with us on Friday for. The Prop Drop Show. Uh, You can get a betting subscription, get all the official plays, all that we do at 444, including all of our NBA bets, betting NBA every day as well. Head over to 444.com slash plans. Already discounted on there. It's basically like buy one month, get two for free. Uh, Pretty substantial discounts comparatively to the start of the season. Again, you can check that out. Anything we do. Again, Discord, uh, you want to bet all the stuff that we do. And then, you know, maybe you're still grinding best ball or season long or who knows what you have going on. You get access to all that we do, all the tools and stuff as well. Find more information here in the show notes to go to 444.com slash plants. All right, guys, uh, as we kind of touched on last week, you know, we're home stretch, bye weeks are done, award markets. We were talking before we got going about the just insanity that is comeback player of the year and uh, what even, you know, constitutes a comeback in terms of injury or uh, bad performance, left for dead, all those things, kind of a wild thing. Uh, but, you know, some of the other ones make a little bit more sense. And then obviously you can bet – playoffs to make the playoffs you can bet uh you know super bowls all the different stuff that you could do is there anything that's jumped out to you guys here clark i'll start with you you want to keep an eye on here future wise heading into week 15.
2: um nothing this week um good good week for my bills super bowl bet last week um you know the division is is not dead um and a playoff spot is very much alive i don't believe in many of the afc playoff contenders um, I think the Broncos are a bit underrated, and their price to make the playoffs might be a little bit uh, bettable. Um, they got a fairly easy road down the stretch, especially with Justin Herbert now out for the year. Uh, if they can upset the Lions, I, I don't see why they don't make the playoffs. Um, and then the other one was I, I just placed a small amount on Rams to win the Super Bowl 120 to one because um, I, I don't think it's particularly likely. But again, you're looking at this time of year, you're looking for teams that have what it takes to make a deep playoff run, which is elite quarterback play, good coaching, um, and doing enough of the right things the right way uh, that they could get hot, right? I mean, they just took the Ravens in Baltimore to overtime. I think any team that can do that has what it takes to, to you know, and they've won a Super Bowl with Stafford before. They have a better receivers now. So um, the offensive line is playing really well. And I think it's not likely they even make the playoffs, but if they do, they're the kind of team that can uh, potentially upset the the big boys in the NFC. And I think 121 makes a nice hedge on some San Francisco features I have.
0: My Rams under seven and a half on uh, life support there. Uh, as you mentioned, though, they are on the wrong side in terms of uh, you looking at the odds here uh, to make the playoffs. You can get the Rams at plus one eighty-five, plus one eighty on Caesars. Uh, the Broncos as well. If you're looking at Broncos, still plus money to make the playoffs too. So you know they are an interesting look if they happen to upend the Lions here, Connor. Anything that's caught your eye or anything that happened in week 14 that's kind of shaping the way you look here at the
1: last month? Yeah, we talked about the Ravens, I think, last week. though, They're now the, I mean, not co-favorites, but second in odds, plus 600 to win the Super Bowl, which I think is a good sign there. Uh, I mean, just I, I continue to be impressed with them, even though their defense played pretty poorly. And Stafford, I think, just kind of was able to push the ball downfield despite the conditions is pretty interesting. Um, I do think that you could play a little sprinkle. Aaron Rodgers, comeback player of the year, 40-1. to 1. I know you talked about it on previous shows. Um Yeah, I mean, not going to go into, you know, specific reasonings, but if he plays, I think that there's probably a better than 40 to one chance that, uh, you know, he wins the award, even though he's pretty unlikable, uh, you know, amongst the media. You never know.
0: Yeah, I mean, New York, uh, it's, you know, again, because part of it is like, what is the award to begin with? The front runner for the award has played nine snaps all season. Um, We have a really hard time pinpointing what people are coming back from, whether it's like we said it earlier, like, benchings left for dead injuries all of it so you know it is the kind of uh it's a make made up award to begin with so you know the reasoning is really kind of hard to pinpoint so yeah I, you got a 40. Which, you know i thought 18 was viable a couple weeks ago and you know he got uh like basically opened up and started practicing so a 40 is is a fantastic number so don't hate that whatsoever all right, uh, we are into the Saturday season as well. So three games on Saturdays. Absolutely love this time of year. My wife, not a huge fan uh, of this. But, uh, you know, again, we have no college football really in the way. Uh, we're in bowl season for college, so we get sprinkling of island games uh, for NFL football, which is fantastic stuff. Uh, so we will start with actually the uh, nightcap on Saturday. We have the Broncos on the road in Detroit. Uh, interesting line movement here. Uh, Lions were three-and-a-half-point favorites in the look-ahead mark, and then an open. We had some early line movement that I think went a little bit against my intuition here, just considering that the Lions lost. They have kind of looked bad, especially, especially defensively of late. Uh, and then the Broncos won again. And then we got up to Detroit minus five. Now we're back down, basically fours across the board. Um, so dancing between key numbers here. So it's not massive or really impactful movement because uh, we're not really flirting with three. We're not really flirting with six necessarily, mm-hmm. but – um, and the over is taken some public steam as well. We were up a little bit, 46, uh, 47 and a half, 48 now in most spots here. Uh, Clark, you talked about being interested in the lions or I'm sorry, in the uh, Broncos, especially if they win here, uh, floor is yours and get us started.
2: Yeah, I, I, this game is a very interesting game. Uh, I had this whole spiel ready, uh, this morning to talk about when you're originating, you know, sometimes you're going to disagree with market. Sometimes you're going to beat the market. Uh, ultimately, no originator beats the market or is smarter than the market on 100% of their bets, right? The best NFL originators are better than the market, greater than 52.5% of the time, whatever. Um, and the market was moving against me on this. I I like the Broncos here, and the money was flowing in on the Lions at home, and I I just didn't understand it. I mean, the look ahead was four and a half, and the Broncos were destroying the Chargers even before Justin Herbert got hurt. Actually, the Chargers offense was much more effective with Easton Stick than it was with Herbert in that game. I don't think that means Stick's better than Herbert. I just mean that the Broncos defense was dominating that game. The Lions, meanwhile, were you know lost you know, fairly to the Bears. Um, and yet, it opened before, four, and there was interest on in the Lions. And I've heard it phrased as kind of a buy-low opportunity on the Lions. And I just I don't understand the concept of buy-low when – the, the price is the same as what it was in the look ahead. Um, it, it's like, it's like they they were, ex- it's like almost like betters were wanting to bet on the Lions in this spot, you know, coming off a road game in which Derek Goff traditionally struggles in the elements, uh, coming back home where they're at their best um, against what is a perceived overrated Broncos team, which I'll get to in a second. Um, and it was like, it did, the price didn't matter. Like th- this could have gone down to three, I think, if betters weren't so eager to get involved with the Lions, because I think people were willing to bet the Broncos even at three and a half. Instead, the money came in. It went up, and now it's come back down. Um, and so now I, I don't really feel like the market's against me because now the Wednesday market is on the Broncos as well. So I feel comfortable with the Broncos here. Um, there's a few reasons why. One, the the Broncos' offense. I think the numbers are a little skewed. People keep talking about how the Broncos have been lucky to uh, get all these turnovers, and that has like inflated their perception. But one thing that people don't realize that those turnovers have done is they've uh, kind of created more plays in the red zone area and the Broncos are a team that struggles in the red zone. Like Russell Wilson needs space to work. He's really good between the twenties. The run game's better between the twenties. When they get deep into the opponent territory, they, they kind of clam up. That's actually a pattern for most teams in the league, but it's more drastic for the Broncos. Um, and so playing a higher percentage of their plays in that area has kind of skewed their numbers a little bit. So to, to put some specifics on it, the Their offense overall is is 16th in EPA per play and success rate flat. Uh, But when when counting only plays like they're outside the opponent's 30, so opponent's 30 and back, they're the 10th best offense in EPA per play and 16th best in success rate. But inside the 30, they're 20th in EPA per play and 18th in success rate. So they're basically playing a higher percentage of their plays when when they're at their worst. Um, And so I think that's just kind of skewing some of the metrics that people use to make their models. My... Metrics account for that kind of stuff. And I'm finding this uh, to be about Lions minus three, Uh, even if you give them a little bit of a you know, Lions away better at home boost. uh, Broncos playing the third straight road game. I don't really put stock into stuff like that. Maybe that matters, Uh, but I just can't get all the way up to four and a half. So I think there was value on four and a half. It's back down to four. I honestly would still play four, uh, but I get why some people would be interested in the Lions.
0: That's interesting stuff. They're too close to, to the red zone. They're too close to the end zone to, to score, uh, which, you know, I, here's probably something to that. Um, Connor, that Lions defense has really been in a tailspin as well, which I think can help uh, any pro Broncos handicap here. Third in defensive DVOA through the first six weeks of the season. Week seven on, they're 31st. They have been an absolute disaster, giving up big chunk plays as well. We also have offensively, it's been a problem too. We have Three of the last four games, Jerry Goff has turned the ball over multiple times. It happened again last week against the Bears. Uh, What are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, since they're week nine by Lions allowing twenty five point eight points per game, they're bottom five and basically you know points for red zone drive pressure rate, EPA per play, explosive pass rate, you know, like almost every key metric you can, you want to look at. They're not really performing all that well. Uh, and so, and you know, to make matters worse, it's not like it was against the gauntlet competition bears twice chargers, Packers saints during that span. So you're playing, against pretty bad, uh, you know, offense at least I would say league average and, you know, cumulatively at best uh, among those offenses there. And so now you're getting a spot here where the Broncos offense, I wouldn't say has been like awesome as, as Clark laid out, but they've been, you know, solid, consistent. Uh, and in the red zone too, I mean, Russell Wilson was, you know, entering last week, 17 touchdowns, zero picks uh, in the season, you know, and in, in the red zone alone. So he's still getting it done, you know, when it matters there. But I do think that this Denver defense, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how they might be overrated because their EPA was high, but their actual underlying metrics weren't super good. But now coming into this game, you know, over the past nine games, Denver 10th in pressure rate, 13th in yards per pass attempt allowed. So, I mean, it's not like it's, there are other underlying metrics that don't rely on, you know, turnovers, touchdowns allowed that are still pretty solid here. So I think that there's potential here for the Lions to bounce back offensively. I mean, I don't really know. They're not going to do much worse than when we saw against Detroit or uh, against Chicago, but I do think in this spot here that Denver is still going to like keep them honest. You know, I don't think it's like a massive explosion spot here. So I still, I lean plus four, but I do think that um, you can make a case for the Lions like reverting offensively, but I just can't get to the point where I'm like, okay, well, this Lions defense is going to shut down the Broncos offense, and that's kind of where like I struggle to make a, a strong case for the Lions money here. So maybe an over? Yeah, right. Like I think that would probably be my lean. Like like Detroit yeah. and then the or uh, sorry Denver and the over would probably be my my leans here. Okay. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. Go ahead, Clark.
2: I also want to say that I'm more skeptical in the Lions offense than I think most people are. I was really excited about them early in the year coming out. You know, you got love the play caller, love the offensive line, but it it actually hasn't been good by my numbers. And and when you break down their schedule, I so you know I've talked about this before, but I I do point in time team ratings. So you know it, it's one thing to say, well, the Lions played the Chiefs in Week One, but they played the Chiefs without Chris Jones and, and Charles Menyhu, right? So factoring in circumstantially, you know, they played the, the Seahawks without Jamal Adams and Reek Willem only played eleven snaps. They played Carolina without Von Bell, Xavier Woods, Shaq Thompson, JC Horn. They played the Saints without Pete Werner and Marcus May and Cam Jordan only played 17 snaps. Also, no Marshawn Lattimore. Um, they played Atlanta, Green Bay twice, Bucks, Raiders, Chargers, um, Seattle. I already Seattle. The only de- good defenses they faced are Baltimore, who absolutely smoked them. They did nothing. Uh, and Chicago twice, who both, both games the Lions offense struggled outside of a late flurry of points. Um, against Chicago in the first game so now they go against Denver that is a decent defense um, and the Lions have yet to put together a, a you know start to finish good performance against an elite defense and when you start looking at their offense as it's constructed it relies on a mediocre quarterback in a system that functions and that's the type of offense that can struggle when they when they play a good defense so if you believe that the Broncos defense which is now put together like seven good performances including against you know quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Um, I, I I'm very skeptical that the Lions offense can can do that part to get to the over here.
0: Where are we at in terms of restoring the the roar? Has it been restored, Connor? Is this is
1: this a where is that guy roar? in your mentions? Why has he not been adding you after that? Uh... They, yeah,
0: they, it's been a quiet couple of weeks from the uh, you know from the Lions fan base. Which yeah, like I wasn't I didn't even really say much bad about the Lions, but yeah, they they grabbed a couple of things and they've been quiet. They've been really quiet.
1: Yeah, I do want to add to the, the Broncos run defense is still not very good, allowing, you know, five and a half yards per carry to opposing running backs, which I think can shift the tides a little bit here. If you give golf like a lot of support on the ground, you know, play action, I think you probably get going a little bit more, too. So I think there are more ways for Detroit's offense to get going than like other teams, I think, in this spot. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of kind of my angles there. But again, still lean over Detroit here. Yeah, that's my fear, right? It
2: <laughs> Lions score thirty with golf throwing for one hundred and sixty yards. Like, yeah, that could totally happen. Right? Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. That's uh, this is the, that was the last weather game for the Lions too, so they should be in terms of like cold weather golf. Like we've that's kind of done for the year at this point. You know, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, but in terms of the regular season stuff, so uh, we'll 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 see. All right, next, uh, Tampa Bay. On the road in Green Bay, this is a uh, battle of the Bays. We used to get this one twice a year before realignment a very long time ago. Uh, I don't think Connor is probably not even alive. Uh, the Packers' win streak came to an end, obviously, on Monday night. Uh, favor, though, again here against the Bucks. Bucs. Uh, you should shop because we're between looking around between you know three but shaded to three and a half. There are some full three and three and a half out there in the market, too. Uh, the under has been a popular look as well. We had 43 and a half early, and then we're looking at you know, 41 and a half, 42 most commonly out there currently. Uh, Connor any thoughts on the uh, the Bucks and Packers here?
1: Yeah, I kind of disagree. I like the over here. Um I, I think over forty one and a half is a pretty solid look for a couple of reasons. I think that this Green Bay offense that kind of struggled. We saw uh, recently Jordan Love had like his you know lowest yards per attempt. But I think a lot of that was just trying to mitigate the. You know the giants like insane propensity of blitzing and like a lot of those you know jet sweeps and like pitches and things like that that they were doing was just to try and kind of get around that and so i think that we see in this spot here the packers go back to try and attack this team deep downfield. tampa bay 28th and pass epa per play 31st explosive pass rate since the week five by tampa along 65 percent completion rate 8.3 yards per attempt so I think that, you know, maybe if they're getting a little healthier that you could make a case for the defense. But um, I think that Green Bay should have more success through the air here. And Tampa Bay, uh, I don't think they're a particularly good running team, but this Green Bay run defense has been pretty bad overall. Um, and I do think that there are some outs for them to have some success passing the ball where this Packers team, I mean, like they have talent, but they just keep continuously seem to like underperform in certain situations, I think, uh, in their past defense. So I, I think in this spot here that we see, uh, you know, a little bit more than 41 points, so I think 41 is pretty interesting. Look, uh, I don't know if I'd play the 43 and a half to open. And I can understand why it came down a little bit, but I think there are multiple off- outs for each offense to get going here.
0: Yeah, massive injury report here. I think for both sides. I think it makes it really crucial to handicap this one in detail. In my opinion, like I mean, on the Buck side defensively, you had Vita Vea missed last week. Um, going to get a sense of where he is as the week goes on, and then both corners again continuously. Um, you know, Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean. Uh, just rotating games off. Uh, It's it's kind of a mess there. And then on the green Bay side as well. I mean, Christian Watson, I think we don't know what that's going on. That seems like a multi-week hamstring injury, considering that's an injury that happens often for him. Aaron Jones, probably back, but we'll see what happens there. Um, Dontavian Wicks got dinged up with a high ankle. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with him. So like no Watson and Wicks kind of changes the dynamic. Can they really take advantage of like the Bucks' weakness to be able to attack deep if it's just Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs and uh, you know, uh, you know, tight ends. Like it's just kind of a, it's a mess, it's a bad matchup. If they were healthy, I'd be all about that for sure. And then defensively, Quay Walker, um Jair Alexander's been missing a bunch of time too. So I think injuries on both sides here matter quite a bit. Clark, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: Yeah, I, I don't really see how you can go under here after watching the the defensive abomination that Joe Barry put on the field against the Giants. Um but but are you people are, worried
0: about uh, weather. Yeah, there are weather
2: concerns. Uh, There's projected mile an hour winds um, and it's, you know, it's cold in Lambeau. I don't think there's going to be any rain or snow, but you never really know this far out. And it it is that time of year that that turf or whatever the field is in in Green Bay, like it it can be tough for opposing offenses to really get going. So there's a little bit of back and forth there. This game is full of conflicting angles for me. I, you know, I do think love uh, will bounce back. I thought that he played better than kind of the, the, the box score indicated on that Monday night game. Uh, but like you said, he's missing key weapons. And so how, how much can he really do? And, and the Bucks, you know, do blitz a lot. And I think the Giants blitz really disrupted some of the stuff that the Packers wanted to do. Um, you know, the Packers rely on a strong offensive line. And that has a disadvantage against teams that send multiple pass rushers because it doesn't matter how good your offensive line is. If you're sending six, seven guys, you just can't block them all. So it negates the advantage that the Packers have, which is just winning straight up on the offensive line. So that's kind of a, you know, counter 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 angles that go into each other um, and then on the other side like like I said the, the Packers defense sucks but if it is windy uh, you know how much of the Bucks offense this year has been Baker Mayfield making downfield throws especially to Mike Evans like if that's just not quite clicking you know it's it's a little bit tougher to make those throws this Bucks defense or offense becomes compressed and now you're relying on the run game and Baker Mayfield short passing not a situation that I, I want to get you know heavily involved in. So this this game has conflicting angles for me all over the place. I think the weather report will settle on uh whether or not I, I want to get involved. But right now I'm I'm just kind of outside looking in.
0: Yeah I mean again this is really hard obviously to do on a Wednesday afternoon. Nothing that I see in the weather makes it look problematic because it looks clean, you know, in terms of like kind of sunny upper 30s, maybe a little wind, but not like problematic wind. So uh, I think you guys is lean on the on the over especially if we get encouraging injury news especially on the green bay side i think makes a ton of sense because we're dealing with a pretty healthy relative uh relatively healthy bucks offense so they should be able to kind of fight back too. like the injuries on the defensive side for green bay only help that cause so All right. uh the uh, more interesting games on the slate here we will get going here dallas is on the road in buffalo this one is uh should be a good one still below three it's moved a little bit today. We're at Buffalo minus two and a half. We have Some one and a half and twos, depending on the shop. So take a look there. Uh, the over is also taking some action. We are up from 48 and a half. There are 50 and a half, 51s on the board as well. It was obviously a great game for Dallas. that kind of answered the bell there a little bit. You're like, like it'd be a good win against the Eagles. And again, it was a tough spot for the Eagles. We talked about that at length last week. But we just seen Dallas kind of pick on weaker opponents. You needed to add a win like that. Uh, to the resume i think to quiet some of the doubters out there and now we have you know, the next chance to do that is now we have home road splits so if you're a dallas hater like you're looking for something dallas has been awesome at home they're seven and oh they're averaging 40 points a game they are three and three on the road and they're averaging 23.7 points per game now that's mostly noise i think we would all agree with that not uncommon for teams to play better at home than they would be to play on the road and again obviously controlled elements in dallas all those things. Um, but again, it's it's getting increasingly difficult to poke holes in Dallas as a contender, especially if they go on the road here in Buffalo and take care of things here. Connor, uh, I'll let you get started with this one.
1: Yeah, I have a couple, couple of pretty strong plays here. I, I like Dallas's offense to keep rolling here against Buffalo. And I, I know that I talked about how I still think the Buffalo Bills defense is bad last week. Uh, you know, I don't think that last week did a whole lot to change my mind. I think it more of just... Reiterated the downside of the Chiefs' offense from time to time with kind of their current slate and everything they have going on. And I mean, again, Kadarius Tony doesn't line up a quarter inch off sides. He had no imp- that had no impact in the play. Again, I get, did get it didn't happen, but you know that's 24 points instead of 17. I think that that this game looks a little bit different in hindsight. Um, so I'm excited about this Dallas offense here against against the Bills. Um, like I, I really think that 23 and a half is pretty low as a team total here. We're looking at this Bills team it has been able to get decent pressure, you know, basically all season. Um, but Dak's been good against pressure. He's like top five in completion rate has been still been slinging it yards. Like, you know, his yards uh, per attempt has still been really good, but um, you can't really say that in the reverse though. So on the other side here, Dallas is been getting a lot of pressure and they um, you know, Josh Allen was pressured nearly 50% of his dropbacks against the chiefs and Put together one of his worst performances in terms of completion rate especially down the stretch and so I, I think that that could cause some issues here um that being said if he can buy time if they do design runs kind of counteract some of the pressure that dallas can bring you know like i think that there's plenty of ways here because if they don't get pressure i mean Dallas is even again we talked about this last week they're very volatile like they are problematic at times they're chaotic they can cause issues but they're not necessarily consistent on a play-to-play basis so I think how that lines up with Josh Allen is very unique because Josh Allen as a player has a lot of the same similarities in the offensive side. So um, initially my lean was on the over early, but now I think I'm just more uh, opted to play the team total for Dallas. And then if I had to pick a side, I would play Dallas here um, at plus money on the money line. But uh, I think I prefer the team total here because I think that if the Bills can figure it out offensively, which Joe Brady has done you know, largely nothing nothing short of that so far, uh, You know, I think that this is a good spot here for uh, Dallas to get going.
0: See mostly 24 and a half uh, out there now yeah. with some of the movement today. Um, are you still good there? What are your thoughts? Because uh, now we've you know, taken the 24 away, basically, right? 23 and a half, uh, 24 is very live. But now 24 and a half, we probably need to get to 27, basically.
1: Yeah, it kind of sucks. DraftKings had like a minus 120, 23 and a half, but yeah. I was able to get down $35. So it doesn't really count. <laughs> so I, I, just, like, I didn't even bother. I just like canceled it out. You know, I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll wait. I think Caesars had like a 24 and a half at even money probably around there. I think I'd still play it. Honestly, I just I, I'm very bullish on the on the game outlook here, especially for the Dallas side. Uh, makes sense. You touched on it, Clark, at the top. I mean, for the
0: betterment of our playoff football watching experience we need to be cheering for the bills here because we desperately need buffalo in the playoffs yes we have some like buffalo futures and week 14 was a good week for them obviously they you know big win against kansas city you know steelers colts texans all lost that helps quite a bit here uh still some challenging games on the schedule obviously with you know the uh dolphins coming up as well i think here so i think key injuries on buffalo side which i think is impactful too. aj epinesa um dinged up a little bit micah Hyde. Uh, down. Uh, Taylor Rapp is back, so that helps a little bit. And then Dalton Kincaid banged up. Uh, I know we have, um, you know, Dawson Knox coming back, but like the dynamic that Dalton Kincaid brings and some of the things that happened with this offense with Kincaid and how they kind of, you know, kind of shied away from the two tight end stuff. Obviously, went to more three receiver type stuff, and I think they were a little bit more dynamic. I'm interested to see what happens here with the shift, especially if Kincaid ends up missing here with Knox back, if that leads to a little bit more of ball control running you know james cook's got going a little bit here so uh what are your thoughts on this one should be a good one
2: yeah this i'm excited about this game i have kind of conflicting futures positions here because i have cowboys to win the division and then bills to make a deep playoff run so i'm kind of one of those is losing some equity this week um it should be a great game and sometimes sometimes i have an angle that i that i really like and i want to play but it's not the right time and you have to be patient to find the right spot to play that angle and. I think the Cowboys are overrated. Um, their their, their win against the Eagles was impressive, no doubt. The, the drive before halftime to, to really put the game away at halftime was really impressive, scoring a touchdown like that. Um, but, you know, I graded the game, and by my metrics, the Eagles were the better team, uh, which might sound crazy because of the final score, but I don't tend to penalize things like losing a fumble on a positive first down play, which happened to the Eagles three different times in that game. I mean it was the reversal of what happened in the Vikings Eagles game where the Vikings lost a bunch of fumbles on positive plays uh that just really swung the game. Um and so you know you lo- you love to see that in- that luck kind of even out uh, except when you're on the losing end of the bet side on both games. But um but the the Eagles were moving the ball well. I mean they got in the red zone, you know, Jalen Hurts fumbles, you know, there's another drive where I think it was AJ Brown on, fumbled on a catch um and or DeVonta Smith. And so the Cowboys defense still is not Proving to me that they can stop a good offense from scoring. And that's my, my, my issue here is, is I think the Bills are gonna score. But I also was not impressed with the Bills last week. I thought that their win against the Chiefs was just not impressive. They had plenty of opportunities to put that game away and just didn't. And it wasn't because of fluky things like turnovers, things like that. It was they weren't getting the job done against a defense that had several injuries. Uh, you know, the Chiefs offense had injuries, the Chiefs got that play negated that could have won the game. Um. So this isn't the spot where I think, okay, we need to get on the bills because the Cowboys are overrated. Uh, this is a spot where I think, with two teams that are probably overrated in the market right now, maybe looking to fade the winner, depending on you know what happens in this game and what the prices are next week, that might be my way to play it. Uh, but for now, I'm I'm kind of enjoying the 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 battle back and forth on this price. I think I'll probably end up with a a teaser position on the Cowboys because I think this should be a tight game
0: dolphins lions commanders on deck for the cowboys if you were looking to uh to get on the other side of that which is interesting depending on what's going on with the uh you know with the health of um, of miami at the time that would probably be your uh your best bet to explore that but yeah this is my super bowl pick at the start of the year i'm hoping for a really good football game um still possible to be honest i mean i, I think we all agree that the bills are still very much a viable team in the afc and afc that i think is not Super impressive. Um, I mean, we'll get to I think some of those uh those main teams here in the next one. So uh Baltimore is on the road in Jacksonville. This is our Sunday nighter the Ravens here. Three point favorites. Uh, again, shaded the three and a half. This is another spot, maybe the worst weather of the week. But again, we are we had a bunch of like definitely bad weather last week on Wednesday when we recorded, and it just didn't really happen. So uh, I think there's some could be some overreaction here currently. Uh does look like Wind and rain, again, like Baltimore had last week. Uh, and that has been a factor in the total, which has dipped a little bit here. There are currently 42 and a half, 43s out there. Shop around if you have a preference. Look, wins are wins. Ravens have won the past few weeks. Uh, top competitors in the AFC have stubbed their toe a little bit, so now they are.
2: So so this one is is super exciting game, super important for both teams. Like What I worry about with the Ravens is last week against the Rams, they – tended their the offense looked a little dysfunctional and and out of <laughs> a little disjointed like it was either deep bombs against blown coverages that didn't even look good right Lamar is is throwing to Isaiah likely on the sideline throat you know kind of misses the throw OBJ's you know juking people out of their shoes Lamar is throwing kind of inconsistently good passes downfield and then a bunch of deep shots that just had no shot of hitting Um, and luckily enough they hit on enough of those to beat the Rams but That's not really the type of offense that I want to see in a team running, especially heading into the later months and the playoffs. And as weather becomes a factor, you've got to have that consistent, you know, short game available. And the Ravens didn't have it. So I'm worried about that. Uh, But the Jaguars defense has also kind of fallen off a cliff. And there were several plays against the Browns where Joe Flacco was able to just take advantage of a blown coverage. So now we've got a team that loves to take advantage of blown coverages, playing as a team that can blow coverages. Um, and so I think weather is going to have a big impact on this game because if the weather's clear, the Ravens should be scoring enough points to cover the spread and get the total over uh, this kind of low number of 43. Um, but if the weather is bad, obviously that's, you know, over tickets and big favorite tickets are not typically what you want. So this is another one where I'm waiting on the weather um, and I, I would love to back the Jags in sort of a, you know, circling the wagons, taking care of business in a the game they need. But without Christian Kirk. Um, and without some of the offensive linemen against this defense, I just don't have the confidence. Um, and so this is a Ravens or pass over a pass, depending on the weather for me.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. That was all, by the way, that was all time from Noonan. Cause I'm sure that he had accidentally muted and then looked off screen at his notes and then came back, but was still talking. That was amazing. Um, you know, I might, I might just personally clip that and tweet it out anyways, cause it looked like you were like ad-libbing him. So that was awesome. Um, so yeah, Tech Lord Noonan back at it again. Um, still still can't hear you, but it's 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 rough. Um, I agree though. I think that the I thought the Ravens here at three. Um, I think when I was um, you know handicapping it, it was like three and a half most spots, but like creeping towards three. It's kind of like bounced back and forth. I kind of like them here at three. I don't know. I think that it seems like we something we talked about at the beginning is that like the Ravens defense has some talented players, but overall as a unit there are some question marks, and I think that periodically shows up uh from time to time and i think that that was like kind of what happened last week with uh you know stafford hitting a couple big plays like you know just being able to kind of push the ball down field specifically and like i worry about this Jags team at times because trevor lawrence still just seems to find a way like i think that in retrospect like his performance was not smooth but uh you know at the end of the day like being able to throw for 250 yards on like a bum ankle a bum knee without christian kirk you know against the browns defense even though they're banged up like there are some things where i thought were impressive but like in this spot here i think this raven's defense is just like too much to overcome and the offense should have plenty of success against the jags here uh against the jags defense too, that like hasn't really been playing as good of run defense as we saw earlier so i think that kind of adds an extra out here so um Newton yes. are you back or are you are you uh, I was
0: looking at the Ravens schedule and not looking at you Bozos. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I it was probably pretty now. funny cuz I'm just talking like I had yep. no idea. I just kicked it to Clark and I'm like Clark? No, no, that's uh that's on me. So, <laughs> I so, had a lot of great things to say. I'm not even going to share them with you guys, but uh I, well, yeah, I think
1: you got to circle back. You got to fire you got to fire him off cuz uh I did not well, have I that was. Things, right?
0: I was just <laughs> saying that you know I I think that the I think that maybe the ravens are a little bit overrated at this point um you know but they're 10 and 3 i I'm like wins are wins but i just don't know that the jags are currently constructed with all the injuries they have especially offensively i just don't know that they're equipped to like take advantage this would be a nice spot if we had a healthy Jags team where i'd be very interested especially at home i was just kind of staying like look they yeah they won they didn't look very good against the chargers pending into the bye that wasn't great like they where they were up three with like a minute and a half left and then that late zay jones touchdown and then, like, last week it took overtime against the Rams. And, like, they get – like, you're, if you're the number one team in the AFC, you get the ball to start overtime. Like, you put – in a game that you probably shouldn't be in overtime against that team. And, again, like, we know that Matthew Stafford and the Rams are better and exciting when, when he's on the field. But they go three and out to start that overtime. It's not great. Um, the Rams drive a little bit and then I'm having a punt. And then, obviously, that punt return gets taken back for a touchdown – like, yeah, it's, it's a win. Yeah, you hang 38 points up. But like, I don't know. I just want to see better. Now, Lamar's made some plays and he had some great, great plays in that game. That's not a defense that I'm overly impressed with. But again, neither is Jacksonville. Uh, it just is an interesting thing here, just X and O-wise. We know what the Ravens want to do. They want to run the football. Teams skew very heavy pass against Jacksonville. Um, I'm just interested to see kind of what they do here if there are no conditions and it doesn't lead to like just a naturally run center game because of the weather. Like what's the Ravens game plan? Do they do they run the ball over and over again against a team that is actually okay stopping the run when you can throw all over Jacksonville? So that's gonna be interesting to me. Hopefully we don't have any weather.
2: Um but yeah, I don't Yeah. Although last week weather was kind of a factor and the Rams are kind of built the same way and they pass the ball a lot. So if that was any indication, I, I would expect that. It this is an interesting market because I I, I tend when 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 there's one side, like I don't believe in public betting splits, like you get all this data that is just a fraction of the actual action. And it's like skewed because it was bet at a different number and, and you don't have, they, they don't mean anything, but the concept behind it is valid, which is if there's a side that makes a lot more sense than the other side at, at the current number, um, then there's probably some support for the other side that is being put in the market by sharp bettors. And this is one of the situations where I can't really see the appetite for people wanting to bet Jacksonville. Um, And yet the line has come down from three and a half towards the three. And so to me, that's kind of like a, like stay away signal. Like I don't, I don't have strong feelings on the game. If I, if I could articulate a good reason to bet the Jaguars, then maybe I could, you know, find my way to it. Uh, But just because the Ravens are the obvious side and and the money's kind of going the other way, it's, it's just a, okay, have fun, you know, big betters and and see what happens.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I I do want to touch too briefly on what you mentioned, Noonan it's like with Lamar Jackson, the question that I, in my mind, he hasn't really answered a lot of times, like you talked about in, you know, the overtime you get the ball first is like when you need like a game winning drive, when you need like to throw from behind or something like that, he just hasn't answered that question very often. Like whether it's in the playoffs, whether it's, you know, at certain times periodically periodically throughout his career, he's incredible in the regular season. He's super dynamic. He is a very good passer in my mind in a lot of scenarios. It's just like, in those high leverage situations he hasn't always answered the buck yet
2: uh and so although i'm yeah i don't know i mean you know you know when he did do that when last year against the ravens he drove he drove down they were down by i don't know if it was down by six or down by seven it was like it wasn't against the year. ravens you're
1: not, who, against who against he said who is he playing against
2: the ravens yeah oh, you he said my Lamar. Yeah, I'm talking about Lamar. Oh, I think you're talking about Trevor Lawrence. Oh, okay. Oh no, no, like, no, Trevor Lawrence can do that.
1: Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, Lawrence can, can do, do that. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm talking I agree about Lamar.
2: We haven't seen Lamar. Yeah, win in crunch time in a big game. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I think what there's like the scrimmages,
0: internal the scrimmages. Chiefs. I
2: thought. Yeah, the Chiefs game, maybe a couple of years ago, he
1: had like a semi game winning drive, but then lost, I think, um, or it was like 36 33 or something like that. I don't know. It was, it was, yeah, exactly. uh,
2: the Chiefs were going to win. And then Edwards either fumbled the ball or something and and set up a short field for the Ravens to win.
1: Right. There you go. So Which, we'll see. Again, something to pay attention to, maybe in the playoffs. I mean, it's not really that relevant here, but uh, it's just something that crossed my mind when you brought that up because it's just like, I, I can't really think of very many examples of it happening. Yeah.
2: even Even last week, right? You got this big overtime. And three and out. And they went on a punt return touchdown.
1: <laughs> Tylan Wallace, Devi, uh, and Dynasty God, the guy who's supposed to be like a you know special player of years to come. And I guess this was his moment.
0: As someone who desperately needed one more Ernest Jones uh, tackle, I was very, very heartbroken to see that ball get uh, returned to, uh, to end that game. It was, it was pretty, pretty painful. And the three and out was also very painful. I'm like, just sustain a drive. The guy's going to get one more tackle. All right. Uh, next, we have uh, Philly on the road in Seattle. Eagles uh, f- I think finally made it to the other side of their murderers row schedule. Like, I mean, I think a cross-country trip to Seattle isn't necessarily great. An uh, island game in that environment against that crowd. They are obviously favorites here. Bouncing around between three and a half and four and a half. Total's doing the same. 47-48, so shop around. Um, you know, Clark I'll let you talk about this one. Uh, you know, kind of backed the Eagles last week. They kind of Fell back a little bit seattle's a team that uh, we've all been uh, mixed on at times connor you know tried to sell us in some super bowl futures earlier that did not work uh, but they've also been dealing with a massive, massive schedule i mean <laughs> like you get two niners game sandwich with a cowboys game that's that's tough and then you got the eagles too so the you know seahawks haven't had a, a great schedule here either what are your thoughts clark
2: yeah yeah my, my under nine wins ticket looked really bad early on but now it's coming back to life um you know, this is similar to the Cowboys Bills game in that I want to play an angle, but I have to wait. And that is the the inverse of what I said about Dallas. I think I think the Eagles are a little bit better than people give them credit for. I haven't really seen a massive drop-off in their play. Again, you know, the scoreboard against Dallas kind of confirms for the people that think that the Eagles are frauds, that they're frauds, frauds is too strong. The Eagles were overrated. Yes, absolutely. But they're still one of the best teams in the NFC. They're constructed in a way that, that they can win. Like Their offensive line just dominates. Jalen Hurts is all the time in the world back there. Um, and he's got two really good receivers downfield that he can throw to. And I haven't seen anything to indicate that they're not going to be able to do what they did last year on offense or what they've done this year so far. Um, the defense is, again, probably similar to what it was last year, but faced a much tougher schedule, which makes them look worse. Um, and, and so I, so I kind of want to find ways to back the Eagles, but... On the road on Monday night against a Seattle team uh, getting more than a field goal that I think is a pretty decent Seattle team when healthy. And they are finally healthy if Gino can play. Uh, We'll see about the quarterback situation. But this isn't the spot where I want to hammer Eagles to win by more than a touchdown on the road in Seattle. This is a let's wait and see. The loser of this game will probably come out underrated depending on what happens in the game. Um, and, and if it's Geno Smith, that gets, uh, if he gets ruled out and if it's Drew Locke playing, I could see this number go up, um, and potentially, uh, you know, promote some interest on the Seahawks because, uh, I think the drop-off from Drew, from Geno Smith to Drew Locke is not that dramatic this year. Um, but this is probably just gonna be another game that I pass and wait for more evidence and then maybe act on it next week, but super interesting game, super, uh, important game for both teams um I, I i kind of hope the eagles can win just to kind of bury the seahawks um but it's not something that i'm looking to get more involved in this does feel like a Geno
0: line connor just in terms of maybe what we've heard so far and i think clark's right if we uh, did have some news that didn't go that well i think we would probably see some movement there um interesting thought and maybe really hard to disagree with that maybe the difference between drew Locke and gino isn't that massive this year yeah, drew lockman wasn't great against the niners but Damn, Geno's not been great this season either. So what are your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, if we get Geno here, I'm going to play some of the the over in this game for a couple of reasons. Um, So Seahawks, as we've talked about before, lead the league in zone coverage rate at this point. I think it's like 84% or something like that. Jalen Hurts against zone coverage this year, um, 7.6 yards per attempt, but a 70% completion rate. He's completing 6.3% completion percentage over expectation. If you compare that to against man defenses this year, he's completing just 57.9% 57.9% of his passes, seven yards per attempt, negative 0.4 completion percentage over expectation. Essentially, and I think Ben Solak tweeted about it, like when teams play like cover zero against the Eagles, like they just haven't had an answer. Like it's like one of those things that's really, they've really struggled with at times. And so Seattle does none of that. Uh, like they just play cover three, some cover like cover six occasionally as well. So it's just like all the – like they're playing a ton of zone. Jalen has been good against that. And I think that Geno will have success uh, against the Eagles defense. We've talked about it basically every week. Anyone who's competent, I think who can push the ball downfield could have like a DK Metcalf bounce back week. I think there's a lot of different ways Seattle gets there. So 47 and a half is a little bit light in my mind if we're getting Gino, because again, I think that like not to mention the Eagles, I think we'll be able to run the ball as well. Seattle's run defense played super well early on last few weeks, hasn't played all that, all that particularly well. And then this Eagles run defense has played well, but they show weakness like on outside runs here and there as well. So I, again, I think there's like multiple angles where each team can have success offensively in this game. It's just a matter of like, what does injury report look like? You know, who's playing? And then I just think I'll have a little bit more certainty on whether I want to back and over here.
0: Yeah. Over be lean to again. But this is another, we had an extra day for, in terms of weather report. But I think we have rain in the forecast here as well. So I don't know if we have rain and wind or what that looks like. Rain in Seattle, uh, shocker. But, uh, you know, we've seen. You know, the Eagles defense or the Eagles offense, you know, hang some crooked numbers, even in in the season, the bills game obviously was one that we liked quite a bit. And uh, this wouldn't feel much different. So we also have to watch uh, Devin Witherspoon. That could be an injury that could be, could matter quite a bit for Seattle side in terms of, you know, being pro Eagles offense as well. So uh, we'll watch that one. So, all right, what else do we like here for week 15 full slate guys? I mean, nothing, Uh, no bye weeks, anything else that's, uh, that's caught your eye, Clark, anything that, uh, You've got down on that's you know maybe still actionable for people.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm looking to get involved in the Browns uh Bears game uh on the under and the bears side. So oh it looks like it's there's still some plus three plus one hundred out there on the bears. I like that. I like the money line, it was plus one fifty. I think you can probably still get that. Um, and then the under as well because I want to fade this browns offense. Uh, the, the scoreboard lit up last week against the Jaguars, but I don't think a lot of people watched that game. And the offense was very much not impressive. Joe Flacco, not a good quarterback. (laughs) Like people talking about, oh, he's the best quarterback the Browns have had. I think I said that last week. Uh, that was more just a joke about Deshaun Watson, but I think people are saying it sincerely now. Um, and I think that's ridiculous because, um, not okay. Like a couple things about this. One is he missed so many throws, like just wild, wild misses. Um, but there were so many blown coverages that he just kind of the numbers look good. They also had 14 drives in that game because there was so much back and forth. And when you have that many drives, you just have so many opportunities, but when he's in the pocket, he, he wants to get rid of the ball so quickly because he hates getting hit at this age. This was something that was true when he played for New York as well. And they just lost uh, another offensive tackle for the season, the third in the year, dwan De- uh, Jones and their center, Ethan, Ethan Pochig or po- Pochig, um also was out in that game. He may not play. Either way, there's a cluster injury in the offensive line going against the Bears defense that has been playing very well for a lot of weeks now, like every single week. It's like, oh, the Bears defense, actually really good. Um, so Joe Faga is going to be under pressure, you know, forcing throws out there into a secondary that has been killing it. Um, and so this is a, a an offense that I want to fade in all forms. So team total under, uh, Chicago money line, Chicago spread, uh, game under, everything. Yep. Connor, the
1: Bears good. Uh, yeah, their defense is solid. I'm not going to lie. Their defense is good. Um, and they just, I I just cannot get behind. Everyone's like talking about how like, oh, they're going to keep Justin Fields. They're going to pass on Caleb Williams. Like I would, I I've said this since like week two, like there's like a 2% chance of that happening. Like there is such a low chance of that happening for so many financial reasons, for so many other reasons beyond Justin Fields being good or not good. Like that's just like not even that relevant unless he becomes like a borderline MVP candidate in the next like four weeks, which is not going to happen. Like it's just he can't lead the franchise. So everyone's like, well, what if we give him a better coach and add more stuff around him and give him a better offensive line? Like you know how many ifs that is in three sentences you need to do in one off season. Now you're paying him a big contract. It's just like complete baloney. Like it's just like you live in la la land if you're not paying you're not paying attention if you think that's what's going to happen. Anyways, um, I do agree the Bears decide here. I did bet the Bears. Um, And D- Cleveland's defense beat the shit too. It's not like you're getting like Cleveland's. Defense at full steam, like we had a week one. Like they're missing like a couple guys there. Um, I like the Giants Saints under. I think that's kind of fun. I mean, Derek Carr is just complete garbage. Um, he's, you know, literally his whole team hates him. His offensive line's yelling at him. He's literally like dumping the ball down whenever he can, still dealing with injuries. They're gonna run the ball a bunch. Taysom Hill's coming back. They elevated another running back. Tommy DeVito, I mean, he played really well, but. I think mean, the Saints' defense, I think, could be a little bit more physical with them. Stop the run a little bit more than they did against Saquon. Give you know Devito a little bit more problems uh, in the passing game. So I, I mean, I'm just expecting a very low-scoring, slow, boring game here. Um, you know, on both sides. So I think that that's kind of my angle here. It's like we're looking at 38. So I think the market disagrees with me here. looks like it opened at 36 and a half, up to 38. But um, yeah, I just don't really see it on either side here. Uh, getting it done offensively. Why are the Patriots being bet heavily?
2: You say why?
0: We've from, yeah, we've gone from 10. like We're touching eight. Uh, eight and, and, a and a half. There's Maybe. seven and a half out there. What, you,
2: you love to see it. You love to see it when you have Pats plus 10 in pocket.
0: It is. Uh, I mean, we are now in, like, lovely teaser zone for Kansas City uh, to win this game. Uh, you know, by less than a field goal, if you want to put, you know, if you like another teaser leg, Look, and I know what's going on with the Chiefs offense, and I know the Patriots defense has been okay, but, uh, man, things are, like, you want to hit bottom, lose in New England uh, at this time of year. Like, I'd be very, very surprised. If, if, if this the point Chiefs lose in
2: England, the panic flags need to start flying.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a nice, nice spot where we're, you know, the minus eight, uh, eight and a half are, like, shaded to, to, to eight, um, which is just very very interesting to me. I'm not sure if this is uh, what to make of this necessarily. Same thing. I mean, I get the Miami and the Miami and the Jets move. You know, there's obviously questions if Tyreek is playing the game. Continue to be cluster offensive line injuries for Miami. That's a problem. The defense is a little bit beat up. Um, that one collapsed quite a bit. You know, in the last uh, you know 36 hours or so, we're down eight and a half there as well. I mean, the Dolphins winning at home against the Jets, uh, you know, are we overrating one Zach Wilson game? Kind of feels like we are. Um, that Those feel I like interesting it. teaser legs. Uh, Clark, Clark, where are you out there?
2: I'm not, I don't, I, I have much more confidence in the Chiefs teaser leg than the Dolphins teaser leg. Um, I think there's some real problems in the Dolphins offense uh, with all the offensive line injuries and Terry Kill getting banged up seemingly every week. Um, the Jets defense is legit and, you know, like people people do this all the time, right? It's the same people that think Brock Purdy is the MVP, think that Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback in the league. Like your circumstances <laughs> matter. And if if you didn't believe it already, just look at how bad that offense was with Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. Like it, it was an offensive failure. It wasn't just Zach Wilson. Um so I think Zach Wilson's mobility gives the Jets offense just another element that um, you know, is enough to keep them alive and and if they you know, you go back to that first game between these two teams, and if Zach Wilson was playing quarterback in that game, I think it would have been a good game. Um, and now I think the Jets are playing even better and the Dolphins are playing worse. So um, I do think that the Jets are alive uh, to, to upset the Dolphins.
0: Get the Jets get a W. We get Aaron Rodgers back with some motivation. It's good for the uh, comeback player of the year bags maybe. Maybe this is what I need to be rooting for. But that feels uh, – it seems just, you know, based off of where we've been in the season, it jumps off the page in terms of uh, just – line movement of of recent and where we've been with these these ball clubs so that one's a little bit interesting not surprising to see this commanders rams i was waiting on that one on monday that total is gone uh now it's it's up a point since we started the show even basically we're up to 50 and a half um that one continues to climb up there which makes a a ton of sense here's the interesting thing there now though the rams are actually a pretty interesting club we know they want to throw the football but when you look at like splits with sean McVay when he's had a lead at all like if they have a, a three-point lead they are one of the run heaviest teams in the league they're like fourth in like run rate uh like f- fourth lowest pass rate over expectation in games of the lead so if, if they get out here against the commanders like that doesn't mean this can't go over 50 and a half but this isn't going to be matthew stafford chucking it around in the second half it's going to be a crap ton of kyron williams um if that goes that way which actually can obviously you know, deflate a total here and and just kind of melt the clock because they're going to have success running against the commanders as well. So that's what is interesting to me. I I thought it was interesting in the high 40s. Now we're climbing up to some other key numbers, and that's uh, a little, little rich, but I get why we got there. So that one's interesting to me. Um, We obviously don't know what's going on concussion-wise with CJ Stroud, but to see the Texans' um, dogs against the Titans I think is also interesting. But again, like Clark, you were on the Titans this week. Uh is that interesting to you now that we have basically we're, we're almost at three we are at three in some spots any thoughts on the titans
2: there's a couple games that i just don't have an opinion because of the injury questions like there's significant injury questions i mean fundamental cj Stroud to davis mills is big uh nico collins some guys in the defense for the texans the titans are banged up right does jeffrey simmons come back uh the other game is the falcons panthers game like how many of those falcons offensive linemen are going to play they've they play with basically the same five guys the entire year. And we've seen teams like that always do well on offense. Now they've got three guys that potentially miss this game on the offensive line could be massive. Um, So those, those kinds of questions are enough to, to just, you know, I, I I'm in a waiting pattern kind of waiting on those, on those news.
1: Plus, I don't think we want to double count like what we saw from this Texans offense. Like if Stroud returns, like I think this is a fully good opportunity to buy back, even with decreased weapons without Nico Collins, without tank Dell, because I mean, that was like, you know, bad conditions against the Jets. Like, you know, we knew that, like, that was a very easy, predictable spot for them to not look good. And so, you know, I think that there's there, this is not necessarily an awesome bounce back spot, but I think it's, you know, very viable here. So, yeah, like two and a half, three. I mean, I just don't know what to do with Stroud because it seems like he's still in protocol, but he made progress today again on Wednesday recording this. So, uh, definitely something to monitor there finding
0: that december concussions uh hold a little less water than like september concussions just i think the return rate is like spiking right i'm not tracking that It right it seems like it right early in the season we're like no that's the death sentence you're out and now it's like "Mm." you know a lot of guys like active on saturday night and sunday morning and uh yeah who knows who knows
1: what's going on so flimsy man concussion protocols like it just seems very like subjective um i don't know it's like they have a standard but it's like i don't know just Whatever we were growing up, the ways they did it were whack. um Like with, you know, different systems, you had to remember things and like do different, you know, tests that like it, it's like not like they're scanning your brain and like, oh, you're good to go. Like it's just like they have like little tests that they do that they run, and see how you're feeling. And then you decide
2: if you're good to go, basically. And they decide if it's been enough time. So, yeah, not, I mean, they, they do have to get yeah. cleared by, you know, in the yeah, neurologists, supposedly. Right. Like I don't, I don't claim to be an expert on all the process, but, you know, we, we also tend to, find patterns that don't exist. And it's possible that the individual, like every concussion is so idiosyncratic. Like it's possible that the people that suffered concussions earlier in the year, like just weren't recovering quickly. And so then we were like, Oh, I guess the concussion protocol is so strict now that nobody returns. And it was just a small sample that was statistically insignificant. Um So I, I don't know. I, I it, it is what it is. And I, I'm not trying to guess at this point, whether or not players playing, but TJ Watt did get in a full practice. So uh, apparently a day short, he can still make it. Or no, I guess I guess he played it Thursday, so that that kind of makes sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't he played know. through just, his I, first
0: quarter concussion. Yeah, I just yeah, put a I, visor I, I, on I'm, like it didn't happen. I'm <laughs> trying to
2: react when I when I get the news. You know, it's it's I'm trying not to get stuck with bad tickets. Uh, that's something I've been good at avoiding this year. Is like, you know, oh shit, I got this ticket and now you know this happened. That happened a bunch last yeah. year. It was very frustrating. This year has been good actually got got one the other way. I I bet the charge or the Raiders on the look ahead at plus four and a half. Um, and so now now they're playing without Justin Herbert and the three point favorites. So I feel good about that one.
0: Yeah, I thought that was one of the best look ahead lines, regardless, even without right. Uh, yeah, like I was, Herbert. I played it
2: for good reasons, and then yeah. and then it, like you know bank error in your favor.
1: <laughs> three point favorites with who a quarterback?
2: It Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it's gonna be no, call it's gonna be in I, I don't our know girl aoc it. might be getting
2: benched i don't <laughs> know what those reports are like you're gonna come out on a wednesday of a week where you have a thursday game and be like the starting quarterback might not be the starting like that's just not how it works like if they wanted to bench him they would have benched him after the game
1: the strangest reporting ever i looked at the article so this uh Vic Tafur or whatever from the athletic wrote an article and he was like he said it's very likely that aoc gets benched but then he also goes on in the next paragraph to say that if Jimmy Garoppolo goes out there and gets hurt. The Raiders are guaranteeing his base salary for next year an additional 11.5 million. So, like, how is Mark Davis not being like, shut the fuck up, like, sit back down, you're not playing? Like, I'm not paying you $11 million to do nothing if you just they, somehow get paid did no, it. It's like it's the, the most scary
0: prone player ever. Yeah, this is the car thing last year. They yeah, literally shut same organization shut him down. Like, it, it seems like they're aware yeah, that's in. Like, and and awesome. what do you
2: get? I mean, if you're the Raiders, what do you get out of Hoyer or Jimmy? Like, what do you. What do you, like, you still need to evaluate AOC. Like, you don't want to give up on him after, you know, four games or whatever. Like, let him play out the season, and if he sucks, great, move on. But you're not you're not learning anything by playing Jimmy G. I
1: do believe Antonio Pierce wants to try out maybe someone else just because he was trying to fight for his job and win. Uh, that can make sense to me logically. But, yeah, I think that, like, the ownership needs to be, like, no. Like, this is, yeah. you, you can put Hoyer out there if you want, but, like, you can't do, you can't put Jimmy G out there. So, I don't know. I just thought the reporting was very interesting.
2: You're not going to do it before the Thursday game. You're going to do it after the Thursday game when you have ten days to prepare and get your new guy, you know, like synced up and practice. It just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me that they bench AOC.
1: Yeah,
2: and lost three Ari. straight.
0: Like, yeah, you lost three straight. You're sixth in the draft order right now. Like, don't go messing it up with wins. I just, I, I know they're not going to tank. I'm just saying, like, you know, you are evaluate what you have, and you are positioned to, you know, set yourself up to select another. Uh, answer the position next year just just write it
2: out i think aoc goes off this week
1: oh shit i played a bunch of unders uh rushing unders actually there was like off market unders um before That's this fine. report before That's this good. report there was yeah so i don't know i'm praying that he like plays like five snaps and he gets yanked after like a bad pick six or something like that but um because i i don't agree with the reports either but there were some nice numbers hanging out there Chiefs Cowboys uh, teaser feels. I was going to say that Noonan. That's that looks pretty nice. interesting, right? Yeah, feels it's pretty automatic
2: at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> what can go wrong?
1: Both lose. it's right? pretty go good.
2: <laughs> yeah, Those are going to win by nine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, gents, good stuff as always. Appreciate everyone hanging out and checking us out again. Uh, before you leave, uh, make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening podcast, uh the YouTube channel. Come back on Friday for props and come back for uh, the rest of the season. ride with us. We more information on to get all of our picks. Jump in the show notes. You can get 4for4.com slash plans. Massively discounted a betting subscription. Get in our Discord. Get all of our tools, all the things that we do at 4for4. 4 4. We appreciate you very much. For Connor and Clark, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all next time. Thanks, everybody.